Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with Jason Chang of Chase Films. Jason is the owner and video strategist, and he has a really large body of film work behind him. Uh, Chase Films has done everything from corporate work, real estate work, short films, you know, as well as weddings, uh, but now typically they're focused more on the corporate side. But he has told me that he has he is very passionate about short films. And I know that for a fact because I follow him on Instagram and I can see that in his stories and that kind of stuff when he's out and about in the city shooting. Uh, Jason's local. He's in Boston. So that's that's why when I say the city, I mean Boston. Uh, so let's get after it. Jason, how are you doing? Hey, good, man. Phil, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that long, nice intro. It's, it's- I try. I try to build people up. <laughs> yeah, you, you you got me more, a lot more confident now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so people come, people like to come on for the fluff. So <laughs> uh, I know, I know. If I wanted to be flattered, anyone want to be flattered, just come on Phil's show, and and you, you'll be good. You get that type of intro too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, but so, yeah, no, I, I'm good. I'm good. How, how's how's it going with you? Good. We're uh, the wedding season is winding down. I have two more weddings. So I have two more for the year, uh, including one on Monday, December 20th. So this, this will be my first Monday wedding. Mm. So mm, that's, that's, different. that's definitely interesting. I'm hoping that around that time I'll be in California somewhere. Oh, good for you. Where are you going? Uh, well, I don't know yet. Let me knock on wood real quick. But um, a client that I'm working with right now, uh, multiple projects whispered in my ear. It's like, hey, would you be comfortable flying to a different state for a shoot i was like uh yeah and then of so he was like yeah of course like so it's <laughs> it's like for for those that don't know um when you do uh, client work they pay you to work but they also cover all your travel expenses so why wouldn't you right um yep. so they had mentioned i think i don't know the exact city or town but it's it's within driving distance of san diego so san diego in december oh there you go for those that can't see phil's holding up uh, uh a shirt that says uh ucsd you, there you go <laughs> yeah, so i went i went to the university of california san diego so that's oh, all right sweet. yeah dang yeah, you, downgraded. you downgraded by coming here <laughs> you know actually we love it out here like Brittany, really? kind of yeah she uh her dad maybe a year or two years ago asked her yeah. when we were moving back to California and she was like, never. And I was like, damn, I wasn't expecting that answer. But, uh, yeah, no, she, she loves it out here. I love it out here. Like it's, it's great. Hey, so but how did you guys end up here? Uh, make a really long story short, considering most people on the podcast have heard this a billion times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was the security manager at the nuclear power plant at Pilgrim nuclear power. So down mm-hmm. here in Plymouth yeah. and I came out from uh San Onofre nuclear generating station in San Clemente. So I don't know if you're, yeah, well, when you're driving around out there, you're going to drive past the plant. They're decommissioning it and turning it down now, but it sits right on the five freeway. But um, yeah, we came out here six years ago now. And um, yeah, I mean, I came out here obviously for work, so and then we decommissioned this plant, so they closed it. So, call me the gotcha. Grim Reaper of nuclear power plants. <laughs> hey, man, you got you know you got to do what you. I mean, uh, with uh, what do you? What's that saying? Um, 
when something doesn't go your way, something else blossoms or something like that. So here you are running like a, when a door, session. a door closes a window. Yeah, opens there you go. And, I knew, yeah. it was, I knew it was the same, <laughs> but basically, you know, here's the opportunity and now you're, you're killing it. You and your wife are killing it. So congratulations. Yeah. And we, yeah, we love it. I, I will admit, I did think that, uh, when I left my job and I was doing this full time that it would be easier because I'm my own boss, but I work mm-hmm. more now than at any given point in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of people don't realize that, um, yeah, you might feel as though you quote unquote working more, but you actually enjoy what you do. Right. So oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it does, it's almost like extended hobby. So you're, you're enjoying it. You're not waking up every single Monday morning. You're like, crap it's it's monday i gotta Man, go to i gotta work. roll out of bed right right <laughs> but uh, i think the misconception that a lot of people overlook is the fact that uh you know in our line of work there is a lot of work it just some people kind of glorify on social media uh like oh look at me this is easy and stuff like that but people don't see the back end Shit. stuff of how much work is. <laughs> yeah yeah people don't see it <laughs> we're, we're yeah, working no- hard Yeah, no. And I mean, but it's, I think one of the reasons why we work so hard is because it's our business. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's my name that's attached to this company. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like you, you got to work hard to keep your business afloat. Yeah. So, and I'm okay with that. I'm not. So with that, why don't you tell us how you got into your business? Yeah, sure. Um, Let's see the bridge version. Um, I started uh, filmmaking as a hobby. Um, really, when I was young, I was just kind of capturing um, memories. I just wanted to, you know, like people take photos all the time, but I, I knew that videos was like, okay, cool. When I watch this back, I'm going to really remember. It. It's almost like weddings. Is the exact same exact thing as weddings, right? It's Photography is great for weddings, but you look at the photos and then you have to remember what happened th- at those moments. Rather than videos for wedding, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I tripped and fell or I, I cried at that moment. You actually relive it by watching it. So for me, it was kind of like just capturing memories for you know me, my friends and my family, whatever. That's how I started getting into video, and that's how I, I really enjoyed it. How I started my company, <clears throat> the story behind that is um, I think I was not like basically, I was just creating goofy recap vacation videos of me and my friends. And apparently, nice. a lot of people enjoyed it, right? And um, people enjoyed it so much that it led to my first gig that was wedding related. <laughs> and I was like, those are two different niches. Like I'm creating silly, goofy vacation videos. And then someone wants me to do the weddings, you know? Um, But I officially started my company chase films with my business partner, uh, all based off of a game of basketball and trash talking. Um, So, okay. Okay. um, I I used to work at this um, uh, department and um, my business partner's wife used to work for the, our, my director. And, um, I found out that her husband plays basketball and I play basketball. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And just to give you guys reference, um, uh, for those that are listening in, um, I'm short and I don't look athletic. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> Chase is like, let me, let me paint a picture for everybody real quick. Yeah, let, let me just, because I want to like put this out there. So I, I'm short and I, I don't look athletic. Uh, my business partner, on the other hand, he's tall. Um, he's athletic and he, he has a soccer, he's, his main sport is soccer. So you know you have to be in shape to be a soccer player. So just I just want to put that out there. And um, so then his wife was like, oh, let's set up a game, whatever, whatever. But then his wife started talking trash on his behalf nope. and was like, um, oh, I know my husband's going to beat you because he's taller, he's more athletic, and he's my husband, so I have to support him either way. So I was like, I really okay, hope, cool. I really hope you were out there just breaking ankles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's funny. We eventually linked up, and um, we just played pickup games. So he ended up on the same team as me. So he ended up seeing, he was like, oh, shoot. He's quicker, he has handle, and he has a jump shot. And then so after, like, if you play pickup games, typically if you win, you stay on. So we won a couple mm-hmm. games, so he got to see how I played. And then we lost and we had to wait to the next game. I was like, hey, listen, you want to get that one-on-one game in? Because your wife's been talking a lot of trash. And instantly, instantly, we both started making up excuses. We're like, oh, my back kind of hurts. I I didn't bring the right sneakers for this, whatever, whatever. So I ended up beating him. It was a close, like, he's good. For the record, he's really, really good. Um, But I think if my jump shot's going, they have to respect it. And then I... I have quickness. I blow by you. So, you know, um, but so I ended up winning. I was like, Hey, listen, I'm not even gonna tell your wife. So the next morning I walked by her office and she's like, Hey, I heard you beat my husband. And I was like, he told you, she's like, out of all the trash talking that I did, the instant he walked in the door, I said, did you win? And he was like, uh, no, no. And she's like, well, I, I, I oughta, you know? So then fast forward a couple months later, he texts me with a video and then the caption was, this is going to be you next. And basically, he put together a video of him playing his co- ex-co-worker at this, at this point um, on a game of basketball, beating him. But the way he put the video together, he had a drone following him, and he was cutting oh. between these cameras. And I got so geeked out over the video editing that we started talking about the video editing side of things. And I was like, I didn't know you did this. So I don't know you do this. And then basically I was like, Hey, if you're serious, let's, let's do something. So we ended up partnering up and he's our default certified drone pilot. Um, nice. And my business partner. So that's nice. long story short. That's basically how we essentially formed chase films and chase films for the record is Part of my last name, part of his last name merged together. That's how a lot of people actually don't know that. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of people think my last name is Chase. Just like but, I did. Yeah. <laughs> because it starts um, with a C. You always write everything Jason yeah, C. Yeah. So, so then I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and like, I think most people automatically just put their names in their films or media, whatever the case is. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, no, part of my last lame, name. What kind of lame people use their own name in their <laughs> film? Like me. <laughs> no, but that's bra- That's good branding. Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just yeah, joking. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> no, no, what I, no. do. I had somebody talking to me about, um, uh, wedding, uh, etiquette for vendors. Yeah, and they were right. like, Oh, you can't, you can't take any food off the, uh, the hors d'oeuvre pass trays. And I was like, Whoa, whoa wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Is that, is that really, a, is that, is that real? 
Yeah, yeah, I snipe that stuff all the time too. Like <clears throat> I'll I'll try to catch a server when they're like coming out of the tent and nobody sees it. No, just jack me a bacon wrap scallop. <laughs> no, all right. So for the record, every single wedding or like event that I've ever participated in, the my clients have always said, "Make sure you get food. Make sure you do enjoy while you're here as well." So they always make sure that like. They got me covered, so I didn't actually did never knew that that was like an improper thing to do. Yeah, I mean, technically, you're not. You know, I've been I've been shooting a lot of uh, Brazilian weddings lately, mm-hmm. and one thing that I've noticed that's big with the planners is that they have a requirement that the bride has food waiting for the photographer and the videographer in the hotel room when they get there. Oh. So like there's, there's food there like specifically for you. There's sandwiches and that kind of stuff. And that's because they know that you're not going to get a chance to eat until yeah. like 8 PM. So yeah. they, they oh, have that's food. Nice. yeah, no, like that, that really kind of, cause they were like, Oh, we, we have food for you. And I was like, you know, no, you know, thank you. We appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. And then the planner was like, no, like this is literally for you. This isn't, this isn't them being nice and you being respectful. Yeah, She's yeah. Like, they, they buy this for you. And I was like, okay, let me get a sandwich. <laughs> so. like, I think we're, I think for the most part, a lot of us are in the same boat where even if they offer, you kind of don't want to take it, but when yeah, they kind of twist weird. your arm. Yeah, because yeah. you know, but when they twist your arm, you're like, no, no, no. If you don't eat it, it's going, it's going in the trash. I'm like, well, if you put it that way, okay, it is for me, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, we we had one one. So we don't drink at our weddings. I know plenty of people that do. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm not here to judge people. Like, it doesn't doesn't make a difference to me one way or the other. Um, we had one groom who came up to the vendor table with a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. So it's like a $2,000 bottle of whiskey. Damn. It's, it, you're like good. on a waiting list for like seven years. This isn't a joke Damn. to get this bottle. And he poured a shot for everybody, but you don't really shoot it. It's something that you drink straight. Brittany, yeah. since she's not around, is completely oblivious to what's going on. They pour, you know, he pours everybody a drink and then she just takes it right to the head. I mean, just right to the head and everybody just turns and looks at her. And I was just like, you just took like a $400 shot of whiskey. (laughs) That's not how you're supposed to do this. She was, she was like, Oh my God, what have I done? And I was like, man, we just look so uncultured right now. (laughs) Hey, like, but now, you know, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, at at the end of that night, instead of a tip, uh, which I'm not saying people should tip, you know, like that's beside the point. He, uh, he gave us two bottles of this really, cause he flew to Kentucky to get his Mm -hmm. bourbon because they they had a bourbon bar and he gave us these two bottles, this really unique bourbon that's like brewed in the bottle. Then there was, I can't remember what the, we kept, we actually kept the bottles. We have them upstairs, but, um, I mean, I obviously drank it. So, I'm not going to shy away from that, but the, uh, it's like wasting food. Like I'm not going to waste yeah. liquor. Like who, who would do such a thing? So I really hope that you're not a recovering alcoholic. That's going to make this conversation. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> like, it, <clears throat> I was going to actually like, um, the last wedding I filmed, um, I was talking to the DJ and I'm sure, you know, we all get acquainted with all the vendors and stuff like that. Cause I feel as though like you, you're a team at that point, you work in the same wedding yep. with the same goal. Um, yep. But he was like, hey, just to let you know, 
don't let the bartenders know that you're working because, you know, there's some weddings that they don't serve vendors. And I was like, huh? I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't film enough weddings or all the clients have been so great that they encourage me to like, make sure I get a drink and make sure I'm like good and covered and stuff like that. And for the record, it's not like I'm usually if I have a drink, it's more so I'm done filming everything and people are just partying and dancing. I'm just capturing people dancing. So yeah. then, okay, cool. I have a drink. It's not like, like the like, ceremony you're walking in with right, a cocktail. Right. Yeah. I, I did have a wedding. A <laughs> I did have a wedding that I filmed for a friend before. And they was like, I was filming the um, bridal prep. And they was like, hey, make, take a shot with me. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm working. They're like, you better take a shot with me. I'm like, dang, like, I'm really, really trying to work your wedding. And then, so, of course, I, I take a shot because, you know, it's the bride, right? But yep. then she was, like, trying to get me drunk. I was like, hey, listen, do you want me to you work your wedding? <laughs> right. I was like, do you want me to work your wedding, like, drunk? Like, I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm good. I appreciate it. But, you know, I took that one shot and I made sure everything else went well before I had another drink. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, the, the wedding that I just finished editing yesterday, they had this thing called the Shambong. So it's this thingy that's meant to take like, it's to bong champagne. And, uh, uh, the photographer did one with them. So I recorded it. I gave the photographer the cut of it, um, because they, they actually went to college together. So ironically enough, this photographer went to college with, you know, the bride and that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I 100% believe that there's a time and place, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if somebody is insistent that I do something, then it it gets to be borderline rude when you don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, like there's, 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 there is a line, but yeah, no, I, um, um, I've been told several times that, you know, you, you shouldn't really be like eating food off the, the hors d'oeuvres and that kind of stuff. And it's funny. It's funny. The things that I do that, you know, like this, I had cause he was on as a guest him and I are friends and yeah. Uh, but he was like going through this list of things that you should do for like wedding etiquette. And I was like, Oh my God, I've checked like nine of those boxes. <laughs> Hold on. Now, now that we're talking about it, can you just run through a few and then just, uh, now I'm just curious. Yeah. So like he talked about, he brings his own lunch. He brings, uh, all of his own, um, like fluids. So at no point is he going to the bar. So like, I'll go up to the bar and I'll be like, Hey, can I get a diet Coke or diet Pepsi, whatever you got, blah, blah, blah. And then he was talking about like, he doesn't even give the perception that he's at the bar getting a drink. Gotcha. So, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. I'd have to just off the top of my head. Those are the things I could think about. I do think though, that we should probably get back on topic of corporate. Oh yeah. 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 So this <clears throat> is what I'm talking about good, when I, yeah. We're when just I, having a good old conversation, man. <laughs> we're just sitting here. Oh, man. Uh, how do we segue? How do we segue? I'll segue right now. Since we've been talking so much about weddings, yep. what I have noticed is it seems like a logical progression just some people, when they start off in weddings, like weddings is where they kind of, they get their feet wet. They build up their, their basic skills doing live events and that kind of stuff, <laughs> which are very challenging. And then yeah. they start to make this transition into <clears throat> corporate work. They start moving yeah. into the, the, the corporate world. Um, and I know that like for us personally, especially after 2020 and that whole debacle, we're trying to diversify our income. So something mm-hmm. that's always been talked to me about is, you know, you should have 
no more than like 30 to like 35% of one income stream. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, like, so say 30, you're 33% weddings, 33% real estate and 34% corporate, mm-hmm. something like that to where you always <clears throat> have this diversified stream of income coming in to where if one stops for some reason, you're still making 60% somewhere else. Like not all yeah. of your income is dropped. And why, why I'm talking about that is, um, right now, like 90 percent of our income is coming in from weddings Mm -hmm. and it seems like transitioning into corporate is the next logical step. And why I wanted to talk to you today is because it looks like you did a very good job making that move because, and you know, I'm not trying to get like too personal, but how many, how many weddings are you shooting now a year? Are you, are you doing any or, um, not like barely any, I mean, well, let's, it's because uh, I can't talk. The pandemic was a big part of um, like me not doing transition. events, yeah. or just events in general. Because I used to do yeah. like food festivals and like concerts, and like I enjoyed those because I was like, "Hey, I get a free in. I just do some yeah. highlight video, and then after that, I get to enjoy um, everything essentially for free, right?" Um, so I like enjoyed that, but you know, because of the pandemic and the state that we live in it's like one of the stricter states that nothing opened back up for like a long while. So yeah, especially in the um, city of Boston. Yeah. And um, so um, I was already at that point where I was already doing corporate stuff before the pandemic. Um, and um, I always mention this tidbit that um, I almost had my first client fly me out of the country for work. Um, and this happened March of 2020. So right when horrible the pandemic, timing. Yeah. Yeah. So it would, I would have been able to go to Amsterdam and Europe Ooh. for the first time. So that was, I was super excited. And then of course this all happened. I was like, of course, but you know, um, yeah, but, um, the, the transition is, um, oh, so your, your original question. I don't, I filmed one probably a couple months ago, but it was, it was actually for a high school friend. So I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll, I'll do it. You know? And I think nowadays um, I do it if I know the person or if the person that I know referred someone that, um, that they know to me. And now I'll just make sure because I know them, I'll take care of them. Not that I don't take care of all my clients anyways, but um, if it's just a random person, I would probably like refer them to like you or someone else that, you know, kind of specializes in videos and that acts. Not that I don't like it, but that like loves it. That's really passionate about it. So I would probably well, it's, like, it's, it seems like you've grown out of it and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like that's, that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, I kind of equate what you're talking about and what we kind of chatted about at the beginning before we were recording. Um, like I shot a ton of weddings right off the bat, believe it or not today mm-hmm. is the three year anniversary of the first wedding that we shot. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been three years. So, um, yeah, I was talking to the bride this morning, but we, um, uh, we shot a bunch of different weddings all mm-hmm. over the place and we narrowed it down to what we enjoy shooting. So there's, yeah. we get plenty of inquiries for say a wedding <clears throat> inside of a church, right, wrong, or indifferent. We just don't enjoy that. 
Like, it's just not, it just doesn't like that just doesn't click with our personalities and that kind of stuff. And I'm more than happy to refer that work off to other people that people Mm -hmm. that enjoy that. Like there's nothing wrong with knowing your niche. Yeah. And it sounds like you did the same exact thing. Like you, you know, you said earlier that you were very passionate about short films. So obviously you're going to gravitate towards that stuff. And that's, there's, and I, I think a lot of people have a hard time, you know, just kind of rationalizing to themselves that this is what I like to do. Therefore I should do it. And then they just, they keep kind of trudging along with other things just because it might make them a little bit of money. Yeah. I think, um, but again, we, we mentioned in this before we started recording is that um, I think what kind of, I don't want to say what got me out of it per se, because I'll still do what is here and there, uh, but it's not really my main focus, but I think, um, with like real estate property videos and like certain weddings or stuff like that. Um, it, it becomes like the same style over and over again. Right. You can't, yep. <clears throat> there's not much, I mean, weddings, you can have, get a little more creative with it. The kind of to fit their personalities, the, the couple's personalities. Um, but like real estate property videos, we joked around about this. There's only so much you can do. You just yeah, do there's only so many, and, so many push-ins you can do. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's not like you're not able to use kind of like your uh, creativity when it comes to uh, that. And most um, realtors, they don't even want that. They want something very basic and plain, right? So I just wanted to kind of focus on more of the creative aspect. And that, I think that's why I like doing short films because I'm able to use creative freedom. But with corporate work, it's kind of similar. You can use your creative freedom. So it's not like, okay, cool. Let's do this interview. And it's going to be the same thing over and over again. No, you have room to do creative things. uh, Think about it. Like um, if you do a promo video, right. It's equivalent Mm -hmm. to like a commercial. Commercials are always different, always creative and specific to that client's needs or whatever they're trying to accomplish. So it's the same concept behind that. That it's not like the same like every new project that I work on is always different, even though it's the same type of videos, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, speaking of promo videos, just a little, a little thing to throw out there. Literally on Friday and Saturday, I was doing a promo video for a, a luxury planner in Boston. We were at the nice. Mandarin Oriental hotel. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And they put me up for the night there. They, they call my room and that kind of stuff. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah, the bathroom at the hotel in my room was bigger than most hotel rooms I stay yeah. in. So, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely don't shy away from doing promo videos for whoever your target audience is. That's that's for damn sure. And we will be right back. Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training, good specialized training something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college, talking about full-time filmmaker. Marco Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, 
and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it and it propelled our business. So I let, let's talk about <coughs> corporate, corporate stuff. Yeah. I, I seen in one of your posts where you have been registered, uh, through the state of Massachusetts as a minority yeah. business enterprise, an MBE. So you're going to hear yeah. me say the acronym MBE a lot. Um, and the supplier diversity office is the SDO. So that way everybody's on the same page while we're talking. The, um, uh, I, so one, the, the state requires a certain, I'm, I'm just saying this so people understand why yeah, I'm yeah. going into this. The state requires a certain <clears throat> amount of contracts. I, I think it's what, like 3%, three, three or 5% of all prime contractors have to go through things like a minority, you know, business enterprise, an MBE, a veteran owned business, a service disabled, uh, connected veteran owned business. I think women, uh, women WBE. Yeah. Women yep, owned, yep. um, there's a few categories that, that what, what you have, what's called a prime contractor has to use. So it's, it's a big deal in the state when it comes to contracting. And why I'm bringing this up is that I think that a lot of people who are trying to go into corporate work really <coughs> sleep on doing things at the local state and federal level. Like, I think a lot of people kind of overlook that and they, they reach and there's nothing wrong with like talking to like mom and pop joints and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's other avenues that people could be using, like going through the SDO. So one, how's your experience been with that? And two, uh, not to get too personal, but have you, have you won any state bids? So, um, first my experience with SDO uh, everybody that I've contacted there, super helpful. Like they literally like, they support you because like, they like, they want to help. Right. So yeah. um, it is a long process for those that don't know. So it's not in, it's not like you just submit an application and wait for approval. You basically have to take the, uh, a pre-workshop. You have to, um, sorry, my, um, let me turn off right. my phone. <laughs> um you have to attend a pre-workshop. You basically have to uh, fit these requirements. And then you have to essentially submit your life, your personal yeah. life, uh, your company's life, and all that stuff. And then you wait for um, – you don't even get approved right away. Then you get signed an investigator, which they essentially interview you to make sure you're not – I'm assuming to make sure you're not, like, shady or you're trying to, like, game the system or something like that. Um, and then, um, then your application is submitted for approval. Um, so yeah, they, did they, process. did they send anybody out to like, look at your facility and that kind of stuff? I know. No, cause my, mine was so recent. Like I only, I just did it not even like, I just got approved probably just a few months ago. So I did it this year. So, um, they were still, because of the pandemic, they were still doing stuff virtually. Oh, all remotely. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. you know, just like right now, they basically set up like a zoom meeting with me as with the investigator and had a really great conversation. And again, everybody that I've talked to or, um, emailed or whoever have been super friendly, helpful, and that goes above and beyond. So I definitely recommend that. Um, have I won any state bids? Um, no, um, no. have you, me, have you bid, have you bid on anything? You know, what, what's funny is that 
I I look through the system and there's a lot, there's a lot, right? So it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, there's like a lot of different like um, bidding platforms and stuff that you essentially have to like register once you're, you know, you get your certification. Um, but people reached out to me from the state. Like they found Chase Films and they're like, hey, we want you to submit this proposal and bid. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll submit this proposal and bid. And then, um, then this submitting a proposal in itself, it's its own, like, Oh, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's, it's work. Like, I don't think it's not like just writing up a contract. You have to write like a actual long pro- detailed proposal. Um, I don't know if, if you submitted, but some of them require capability statements and yeah, for I've those that don't, statement. yeah. <laughs> and the whole nine. So you have to do all this just to submit I, a bid. I literally submitted a bid, uh, last week and it was 22 pages long see a lot of people and there's so much it. work into putting like <laughs> i was joking with Brittany, and i was like we probably ain't even gonna get it <laughs> like, yeah like that's that's basically so you a lot of people don't understand that when you submit proposals you're not guaranteed anything so you can spend like <clears throat> days putting together this proposal doing research and doing all this stuff and then basically saying oh we went with somebody else yeah, because, and that's why that's why bigger companies fare better yeah. because yeah. they they have an entire team. Their sole purpose is just proposal writing. They just exactly. they get email alerts <clears throat> about what's going on, and then you got six you know people sitting in a cubicle and they knock out a proposal in thirty minutes together. Yeah, when you know me and one other person, it took us six days across multiple <laughs> Zoom calls and like right. combining <laughs> PDFs and all this other stuff. And uh, but but that we just got to keep plugging along. I mean, it's, it's just it, the law of averages just says that at some point we will win something. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you can't always fail, but I, I think that a, that discourages a lot of people that just that process right there. I mean, that, yeah. that did, that sucked up an entire week of my life. Yeah. Um, and B most people, they, they don't understand how to do it or they're not taking advantage of programs like you did getting your MBE. Yeah. The, uh, uh, what was it? Did what the proposals that you had submitted, did, did anybody contact you back or, I mean, at least you're on their radar. That's a, that's a really good. Stuff. Yeah. So I think, um, the proposals that I did submit, it wasn't like, I don't know how you did it, but you probably found it on their websites. They're looking for, video production yeah, or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah so I, I use combines. Yeah. So for those um, of you that don't know, every state has their own like portal. And in the state of Massachusetts, yeah. we have what's called combines. So every state has their own thing. Uh, so. And in addition to every state, every city. So yep. if you have every a sign up for the city of Boston yeah. one, sign up for the city of Boston one. So I, apparently I was on multiple directories and then um, these uh, state departments reached out to me. It was like, hey, we want you to submit a bid for this particular thing. And it was weird because a couple of them, they they reached out to me, but they didn't have a lot of information. I was like, how do I submit this proposal? And I literally don't know <laughs> the details of this, this project, right? Yeah, and then, then eventually, yeah, eventually <laughs> they, they ended up... Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the detailed um, project scope. I, yeah, I SOW. SOW. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, so, and then I submitted it and then eventually they're like, oh, we went with somebody else. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. They reached out to me 
for me to submit it. But I, I know a lot of people don't realize this. They have to get a minimum of, I think, at least co- three contracts in before they make a decision. So I don't know if it was like maybe they already had someone in mind and they just wanted to meet the minimum. So they reached out to me. It was like, hey, can you can you submit? <laughs> well, but, you know, so this is this is what I would do. So I used to work for the state and I did procurement. Okay. I work for the Cannabis Commission. Oh, so you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, well, the last round of regulations that came out in January, I helped write. So it's like, I had a really cool job at the state. Like Sweet. it was a really, really unique. The Brittany used to joke about it being a budding industry. So, uh, but I, I was on the procurement management team. And, uh, one thing that you can do is if you just shoot an email over to that contracting officer and just say that you'd like to, you have some questions that you'd like to submit and they, they will set up like a 30 minute call to review and answer those questions. And it'll, it'll really help you with, you can't ask questions about the, uh, the other bidders, like why did so-and-so win? Like you can't ask questions like that, but you could say things like what, what stopped us? You know, like I, I always ask questions like, was it cost? Did we not meet the technical capabilities? You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So that we know what to kind of finesse in our proposals. Yeah. Like that's cause that, then that just helps you, you know, understand like the process. Cause a lot of the times it is price, you know, like that's one thing I love about people that are like, Oh, this is a military grade umpty squat. Well, that means that it was the cheapest and easiest thing to fabricate. And chances are it's going to break within 10 minutes. Like yeah. that's, you know, military grade is awful. That is the last thing you want because we buy the cheapest stuff on the planet. It's not based on quality by any means. <laughs> so, uh, and some, some things are based on a combination of price and capability. So I know at the commission, we had, we had several things that would come through to where, you know, one bidder would be more expensive than the other. And we would go with the more expensive one because they met or exceeded all of the technical capabilities. Mm-hmm. So while the other one was cheaper, they just, it didn't seem like they would be able to perform the work the way that the other company would. So I guess it's just important for everybody to realize that it is human beings on the other side of this that are reviewing it. People like me, literally like me, I reviewed dozens of bids and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's, you just, you need to make sure that you're, you're writing everything to the right audience. And I would definitely request, uh, a post bid meeting with the people and then just come up with like brainstorm with like you and your business partner, like what, what questions you have for them about the bidding process. And then, you know, they'll tell you, cause well, the things we used to do is we take the questions and make sure that legal reviewed them to yeah. make sure that we can answer them and that kind of stuff. And we, we'd already have our answers ready by the time the meeting started. Yeah. So then you could sit down and, you know, there's some things that you can ask outside of those questions, but they will, they'll really keep it like on topic. Like if these are the five questions, these are the five things that we're going to cover. Cause you have to make sure that from their standpoint, that it doesn't look like they're playing favoritism with somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving somebody, you know, so. Now, but, I mean, that's good to know though. Cause I, I see when I, I don't know, got, get rejected or whatever. A lot of people don't know this, but um, they basically just send a, a general communication saying, we went with this vendor, 
it doesn't tell you why mm-hmm. you, you got rejected, but I didn't know that you could reach out and like kind of ask almost like, hey, what can we improve on for future bids? Yeah, it's called a post bid conference. So, but so I'll, I know I'm that you. That down. Yeah, <laughs> I I know that you have a hard stop here in about five minutes. So let's, um, uh, if there, if there was like one or two things that you would recommend to like a wedding filmmaker, who's trying to transition over into the corporate like landscape, what, what Mm -hmm. do you think that that would be? Um, I would say, I think maybe this is more general, but um, make sure you build your community with like-minded folks um, in the sense that like, if you, like, for instance, if you want to get into weddings, right, you want to probably surround yourself with wedding experts and and kind of um, surround yourself with those type of people. It's the same thing with kind of transitioning to like corporate stuff, right? Who, who's your ideal clients? Who are people that are already doing this well, you know, that you kind of want to maybe pick their brains or whatever the case is. And um, if you build your community with those type of people, not only will they be around to like help support one another, but you're constantly learning. And also, um, you know, the ins and outs, like for instance, like um, I started my email newsletter is directed towards creatives. And this is, this isn't a shameless plug, by the way. But, um, plug away, plug away. It's fine. No, no but I, I kind of realized because a lot of people, like especially on Instagram, we we talk on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Um, reached out to me and kind of asked me questions, and then I started just providing like tips um, on what has worked for me. And like for instance, I get a lot of leads from Instagram, but I don't have a million followers, you know. And uh, uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of my clients find me, but they don't even follow me. So people kind of. Um, uh, overlooked those uh, type of small details. Right. Um, but I write about stuff that has helped me like, um, kind of think out the box of, of, of marketing and getting new clients or just the business side of things that there, I noticed that there are amazing, talented creatives, but they lack the business side of stuff. Right. And if you want to take it seriously and treat it like a business, you're going to have to you know, know more about the marketing and networking and uh, how to run the, your business effectively with taxes and stuff like that. And not that I go into full details with taxes, but um, people don't know that like you can write a bunch of stuff off for your business, you know? So, yeah, um, I mean, you, you have a pretty popular video. That's uh what is a, a video strategist? Like what's the difference yeah. between a, a strategist and a videographer? Yeah. See, man, I pay attention. Don't worry. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like basically um, a lot of people, uh, let me just kind of circle back to your original question is that when you start building your community with like-minded folks um, that are willing to help and that have are different levels from you, whether they're, you know, just beginning like you are, or they're trying to, they're already an expert in the field and they've been doing corporate work for like 20 years or whatever. You want to basically build a community around that. So you'll be able to kind of pick their brains like, Hey, how did you get these corporate clients? What did you do? What type of strategies did you do? And then more importantly, like um, you can start, maybe they'll hire you as a second shooter. And then, then you can kind of see what goes on behind the scenes and, and then you can kind of get hands-on experience of what kind of goes along with it. So I would probably recommend that. Um, 
as as like the main advice if you're trying to transition from weddings to corporate because a lot of it it's I don't say a lot of it but um networking knowing people you know once you have a good solid community it's it becomes I don't say easier per se but it's people already know about you and you already know about them yeah all right one last question because I know you got yeah. what's one question you wish that I would have asked that I didn't ah that's a good question. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a question per se, but I have an answer. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh, it, it's more so I it's think be like um, Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, um, make sure, I think people should make sure that they actually enjoy what they do. Right. Um, so, cause I think, um, we get so caught up nowadays in, how much money you make in your titles. I think that's, that's kind of what people judge you on for success, right? Um, they don't judge you based off of, are you happy? Like you can be making six figures and be miserable at your job, but then they have a, a, a big, nice title, but you're miserable. You don't yeah, get to see family. You pretty much described me at the nuclear plant <laughs> right there. <laughs> right. But see, but the, I think you, you're a fine example that you kind of transitioned out of that, you know, good paying job that you're miserable at. And, um, you took steps and took action, um, to do what you actually enjoy. So I think, you know, whatever, it it doesn't have to be video work or photography work or whatever, is that make sure you, um, do something that you enjoy and then don't be afraid to take the leap or test things out to see what you like. Like even with, with us, with video work, right? Um, we, we both agreed real estate probably isn't our thing, right? But we both tried it and then that's how we knew it wasn't really our thing, yeah. right? So I, I feel as though kind of dip your toes in different aspects and like, like fun fact, I've shot a, a funeral before. Oh, um, and um, I don't know why this is going to be wedding crashers just popped in my head as soon as you said that. <laughs> but so I shot it because I was like, okay, cool. It was like an easy gig at the time, right? I was like, all right, cool. It, it paid well. Um, yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, I just so I'm so sad that we're getting off right now because I really <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> no, hey, hey, hey. I, I have. I, I have like five more minutes. I can, I can show up a little late uh, if you want to ask questions for that. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, logistically what, I mean, what, what are you, what are you doing? Like, so I, I get, so with, with a wedding and I mean this with the utmost sincerity right now Yeah, yeah. with a wedding, you're capturing like one of the happiest days in someone's life. (laughs) So there's like happy emotions, like everything. So people want to relive that. Yeah. With a funeral, just in my personal opinion, that is the exact opposite end of that spectrum. So I guess what, what's the client l- looking for? Y- so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So l- l- let me just correct myself real quick. It was actually a wake, not the funeral. So now I think um, the client basically wanted to film like uh, family friends um, paying respects uh, to the person that passed away. Uh, But I kind of was like, they didn't really have direction. So I had to kind of like 
guide them a little bit. I'm like, hey, listen, like, you know, obviously we'll we'll make sure we're cap capturing uh, people paying respects. But I think that the um, a lot of people look at funerals and wakes as like um, being super sad because you know, it, I mean, it is sad, right? But um, a lot of people they celebrate their lives. So what they do is they talk about like great memories that they had with them and share those things with everybody. And then that's basically what they want to capture. And then, so when, when family and friends rewatch it, they kind of like, I didn't know so-and-so was like this with this person and these amazing memories and the, the imprint uh, footprint that they made on everybody's lives in different ways. And then that's basically one of the, what they want to capture is like more of like a celebration of their life rather than the tragedy and the loss of it. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a very, very eloquent way of putting that. Yeah. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to make any jokes, so we should probably move on from the stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I can see, I like, I personally wouldn't uh, like, I don't think I would enjoy doing that. Just, just in general terms, like, cause it's, it, yeah. it is, it's, that's like a rough day for people. Like that just does, that seems like it would be emotionally draining because, you know, yeah. you, you, you know, while people are celebrating, you are filled with a room full of sorrow. So, I mean, but again, there is a market for everyone. Right. So while you and I don't enjoy doing real estate work, that doesn't mean that there's not a, you know, thousands of other people that would. Right. It just means it's not personally for us. Just like funerals. There, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people that probably make good money off of capturing those moments of people's lives and they enjoy it. Yeah. Like that's just, you know, and I, I think it goes back to exactly what you were talking about. Like it's important for you to understand like your why. And what is right. motivating you, right. and then you stick with it. Yeah, which I think I, is excellent advice. It's it's. I think. So for the record, I know people that uh, during the pandemic, when unfortunately a lot of people passed away, that they was literally making the killing just filming funerals and wakes. Yeah, or live streaming. Yeah, my one of my coworkers, yeah. his mom, dad, and grandmother all died from COVID. Oh, that's and they were only, they were only allowed 10 people at the funeral. Mm -hmm. And that included like funeral staff. And so, so you're, you're, you're down to like eight just because yeah. of the priest and the funeral director. And yourself or whoever's filming it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You're down yeah. to seven. If you have somebody <clears throat> who's like live streaming it for the people yeah. that can't make it. So, you know, and they probably made a killing, but I don't know about you. To me, that's like work. And I'm like, I'm not passionate about that. And yes, cool. You know, I, I think I'm at a point in my career where I'm able to, I don't, I, I turn down actually a lot of gigs. It's, it's nice to turn down things. Yeah. It, is, um, it and, is nice to turn down things. And it's, you know, it's not that these things that I turn down doesn't pay very well because they, most of them, they do. It's that I don't want to shoot. <laughs> funerals all day right i get you i yeah, I just, yeah. i'm mad at that like you're you're looking at me like i'm judging you because no, you're no, like no, no, oh, no. i wasn't just... capitalizing on these funerals and no no i'm not <laughs> but so that i'm just reiterating our point is that like you know make sure you kind of find what you actually enjoy so you know when we work all these extra quote unquote overtime hours it doesn't feel like work because we actually enjoy doing it 
uh, rather yeah. than, you know, every single day you wake up like, oh, I got to shoot this funeral again or whatever the case is. Now it's going to like, I don't know about you, but when I get caught up in like passion projects or, or creative process with clients and stuff like that, my day flies by. I don't want it to feel like it's dragging. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that's really helped me is it just so happens that this is sitting here, but I got a super eight camera. Oh, sweet. And I've been like, this has made me like fall in love with filmmaking. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. I can tell you that much. It took three weeks for me to get my footage back. Cause I got like, I have a roll of super eight or 50 D right there. But, um, yeah, no, it's just such a different perspective. Yeah. Like it's very, yeah. And that's, that's kind of like reinvigorated some things with me. Cause I, once I'm done with this wedding in December, that will be my 40th wedding this year. And we Dang. typically only do 20. Like we, yeah, cap that's at crazy. 20. So yeah. next year we might only cap at like 15. I'm being serious. Hey. Like we'll, we'll scale, we'll scale down. So I, I, know, I know we got to wrap up some, but I just, just a question. How do you, how do you like gauge What's your, your, what's your max? Well, so I, I am a very like literal type of, you know, I'm a, so I come from a business background, yeah which kind of helps with my company because I don't, I'm not engrossed in the arts mm-hmm. and I, I look at things with like ROI and like that, that's my yeah. mindset. So I have my entire year's financials broken down. And I know exactly how many weddings I need to shoot at a certain price point for me to pay my bills. Yeah. So that's where that number originated from. So the number started back when we were charging like four grand a wedding. I would have it mapped out for, you know, I need to shoot, was it 14? You shoot 14 weddings uh, in order for me to cover my bills. Anything over 14, mm-hmm. hence the 20, anything yeah. over 14 is where where, you know, it's just profit at this point. Like that'll pay for like a vacation to Disney or something. Yeah. And I mean, now, now we're, we're, we're out of that 4k range, but we, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't really, it's, everything was based off of that. So I know like my base numbers, but if we're, you know, right now we're charging between like eight and 16 a wedding. Oh, wow. So we, yeah. So, you know, obviously we, we can shoot less and cover the bills. Yeah, but I I always based everything off of here's my current wedding price, and here is what I have to make in order for me to put food on the table for my kids. Gotcha. And that's you know that's it just turned into a numbers game at that point. And then we just one thing that we did was we we just steadily increase our prices. We never leave our prices stagnant whatsoever. Yeah. Like we. I want to say it was every three weddings, like when we were at that like 4K range, like in between two and 4K, every three weddings that we shot, we would raise our prices 300 bucks. And every five weddings that we booked, we'd raise it 300 bucks. So it was always like creeping up, 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 up. Yeah. And then now we just kind of let the market just dictate what's going on. So, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. That's, that's, that's cool to know. Yeah. We just, uh, we just, we wanted to keep things, but I can, I, my, you know, my expression is default aggressive. Like yeah. that's a military thing. Like just default aggressive. Like I have my pedal, my foot on the pedal for everything. Like I am always trying to push a limit 
And the reason being is, you know, like you look at wedding prices. A lot of people get very comfortable with where they're at. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody, you know, there are a lot of people right now that are saying, I just want to make, you know, forty nine ninety five a wedding film. And that was me. Like I, my first wedding was 1500 and then I was like, oh, I, I need to, you know, let's just steadily just bump, bump, bump. And then I just kept saying, oh, you know, if we hit, you know, $2,000 a wedding, we're money. We hit $3,000 a wedding, we're money. We hit $5,000 a wedding, we're money. And now I'm like, oh, we, we break 20, we're money. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I've just never changed my thought process. Like it's just always been, which is also stressful just for the simple fact that I just, I'm always like, go, 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 go. And, but it's, it's hard for a lot of people, um, who are just comfortable like that. That's my other thing. Like, I don't think you should, you should be comfortable. Yeah. There should always be. Yeah. When, when I send out an invoice, I am always uncomfortable. Like when I'm looking at those numbers, like the, the last bid that the bid that I did last week was for a, uh, an eight minute interpretive film in Santa Fe, New Mexico for the national park service. And that bid $78,000. And, you know, I looked at that number as I was sending it out and I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then I, I sent it to the contract officer. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it yeah, you know, yeah, by any means. Like hopefully we know here in the next couple of weeks, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things to where, you know, watch somebody bid like 12 grand. What are you just eating? Are you eating just, you know, rocks the entire week? Like, what are you doing? But, uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see, but again, if I don't get it, I'll just, I'm going to request a meeting to cover everything because I'm pretty yeah. sure that we, you know, that what, what we do, we, we're meeting the technical aspects of it. So it might, might boil down with just cost. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I know you got to go, so I don't, I don't want to keep belaboring this. I appreciate you staying on for longer than what, oh, what no, you said no. you were going to. Uh, yeah, I, so, I, I feel as though maybe I should have like, like if I didn't have a meeting right after this, <laughs> uh, I would no, have well, definitely stayed on. Cause it, like this conversation, I love just having general conversations like this, you know? Yeah. And that's my problem is I, I tell everybody like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep the episode to 30 minutes. We've been talking for 59 <laughs> minutes and 15 seconds. Right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a problem. Uh, but Jason, thank you so much for coming on today. It was obviously, it was great talking to you. I definitely want, I want to have you back on and I, I want to talk to you outside of this about the contracting stuff. Oh yeah. So, I was actually going to, yeah. I was like, yo, I'm going to talk to you on instant messenger. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, I'll just, I'll send you my phone number so we don't have to, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> we don't have to go back and forth on Instagram, but everybody, I want you guys to check, check out uh, chase films on Instagram. Jason has his own personal. It's at Jason J media. So J A S O N J A Y media or chase films, which is C H A Z E films. And of course they have their website, which is chasefilms.com. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Great talk. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And everybody, make sure that you uh, you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We will see everybody next week. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. 
We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.